Good morning to Don Kleppen, Mark Carmen filling in. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning, Lou. Good morning. I I said good. You were the first person I said good morning to. Don't give me that look. I heard it. (laughs) Like I forgot you. You you don't think I've learned by now? You're the first one that I have to say good morning to. Otherwise, that's exactly what happens to me. (laughs) My God. Come on, have some coffee. Which I have a a thing about coffee. We're going to talk about. But uh, I was talking to Bob Ferguson uh, before the show. And all of a sudden, he sparked uh, interest in, first of all, Bob's got a birthday coming up Whoa. Uh, on the night that Lindsay right told on. me about. Right? Fergie. And Fergie. then he just throws out there, oh, you know, I'm a Pisces. And I go, oh, oh. it's funny. You know, my mom was a Pisces. And then he goes down this path. You know, Bob. Bob's not, we can't get Bob on the air, but he says, uh, well, you know, it's the 12th house. I go, what, what do you mean the 12th house? Well, yeah, like astrology has all these houses. And he's going on, like he, he once he did a little, did you know that? So like in the song Aquarius, mm-hmm. right? The moon is in the seventh house, right? They're like different, right? You get this? So, and then he goes, oh yeah. So the whole idea is that you're supposed to have these experiences and um, like in all these different houses in astrology, like that would be a really interesting. <laughs> I said, oh, this would be a really interesting podcast that no one would listen to. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? There's a million podcasts out there, and you're like, oh, I didn't know that. What Do you know what the first house is? Mm, No, I don't. Leo? Uh, No, it's Gemini. Nice. Hey, that's me. You're a Gemini? Yes, sir. Oh, so you got a birthday coming out, what, are you in June? Uh, May, end of May. May what? 25th. Oh. Huh. Well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I'm a Taurus. I'm May. What about you, Mark? Ah. I'm a Leo. Pisces are compassionate, artistic. They're deeply emotional. They're especially empathetic. They're at least a bit psychic and often inclined to throw themselves into caring for others at all costs. What do you mean you can't get me in the air? Oh, there he is. There's Bob right there. Right. Oh, so I just didn't know <laughs> if you want to talk. So Bob, Bob's a Pisces. Happy birthday, Bob. Coming Thank up. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh... And then Lindsay's a Pisces, too. Everything you just described would be her. I'm yes. not a Pisces. I thought you said me, too. Leo, right? Oh, you're a Leo. a Leo. Right, right, right. What? What's Leo, Mark? They want attention. <laughs> I want attention I, all the time. I there can you relate. go. Well, I rest my case. We're the right king of the jungle, there. Lou. Oh, my God. It's like, uh, it is amazing. I mean, it is, though, amazing I, when... When I used to get the Tribune in the paper, that's one of the things I used to always read would be the horoscopes, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it is amazing when you think about if you believe any of this stuff, like when they describe when you were born and the attributes of, you know, you and Mark are Leos, you know, starving for attention, you know. Yep. Don Kleppen is just the nicest man on the face of the earth yep. because Aww. he's a Gemini. Yeah. But he's two-faced. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> One half of me is really nice. Right. It's today he's the nicest man on the face of the earth. But who That's is he right. tomorrow? Exactly. Hopefully Gretchen knows a little bit about this. <laughs> she does. She's aware. <laughs> so anyway, I thought it was a very interesting conversation this morning for our new podcast, Huh? <laughs> where no one will listen. Just, you know, fun facts about things that we didn't know about that will be funny. All right, I got a lot to so talk fun. about. Uh, well, I have a lot What's to the talk. the word of the day? Oh, Mark, you know, we do a word of the day. Oh. And the idea is to educate people on a new word, and the hope is that the four of us, and maybe even a listener, uses the word at some point today. We've had some I don't even know ones. if I can say the word. The word is, it's an adjective... 
Recalcitrant. Hmm. Okay. Say that again. This was actually a word. Yeah. Uh, sent in by a listener. Oh. That, okay. That we're getting like text. Oh, I like I like that. Good. The people are recalcitrant. Say it again. Recalcitrant. 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 Having an obstinately uncooperative attitude towards authority <laughs> or discipline. Well, how about we pick a word that could be used? <laughs> like, how are you going to use that in a newscast? Yeah, we have no teens You're on this show. You're actually recalcitrant right now. There you go, Mark. So I'm, I'm done. Or <laughs> you're done. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, R-E-C-A-L-C-I-T-R-A-N-T. This is where if a listener were to send us a word, we would send them the Webster's Dictionary. Right? That's the giveaway. Can't we make that sure. happen? Yes, I love it. I know. I mean... How many radio shows are giving away dish, uh, dictionaries? It could be we'd be the only one. It's kind of like that podcast in the middle of the woods talking about horoscopes. <laughs> no one would listen. Could throw in a phone book, Lou. Right, right. Could throw in a phone book. That's Why right. Not? That's right. Eight five seven five five seven four Lou. Eight five seven five five seven four five six eight. Oh, you know what? Morning. Good morning. How are you? Well, I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. How may I help you this morning? Well, I'm calling because um, a couple of weeks ago, I noticed in one of our bedrooms blistering on the ceiling. So we called a roofer, and he came out and told us we had a vent that it had been damaged and was leaking. So he fixed that. But when he was up there, he told us that there was mold where the leak had taken um, occurred. Oh. So I had somebody come in. Um, two days ago, and their inspection was extremely casual. In fact, he didn't even see the mold. I don't think he got over to um, that part because our attic um, doesn't have a finished floor. You have to walk on the the beams. So anyhow, I, I need recommendations for somebody who would um, help us with the mold and perhaps, you know, with the ceiling repair, mm. who would do um, a better job than that. Um, so uh, I can give you a couple names that I think would be great. Uh, a, a little more thorough, I hope. Um, so Lindholm Roofing is, uh, they're a sponsor here on WGN Radio, and they uh, have been around for a very long time. I have personally used them as well, and um, and I think that they would, I think it's uh, 888 Four roofer is their number. Um, okay. And now, actually, the roof has been fixed. What we're worried about is the mold and repairing the ceiling in the bedroom. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Okay, so the roof yeah. is done. Okay, yeah, so, so now we right, need somebody to do the remediation. Um, right. Okay, got it. Okay. Um, well, it's kind of two people. So, um, but here's where I would start. That you've if you've heard us okay. talk you've heard us talk about executive carpet cleaning, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, they have a division of their company, which I need to find out, Lindsay, what the name of that company is because uh, it's a separate name. But they do mold uh, and um, like remediation as well. So, oh, okay. If you um, if you were to contact them and say, "Hey, I understand you guys do you know this kind of work. Is this something you could help me with?" I think they would be able to help you. And then possibly once they do the remediation, um, they would be able to then connect you with you know like a painter or somebody like that to do the finished work when it's right. all when it's all done. Okay. All right. 
I'll get you that. Keep listening, and mm-hmm. then I will get you that phone number. I just got to – I know it's a 630 number, but oh, um, I think that if you go – their website, they have a, a vanity website that's connected to the station called uh, WGNclean.com. And um, oh, if, okay. if, if you go to that website, you'll get the information there. Can I ask you one other question, Lou? Sure. Um, the young man who did come and do the inspection seemed to think that there was water um, in the walls that are about a foot away from where the spot on the roof was, although he said that the spot on the ceiling was dry, but he thought there was some moisture behind the plaster walls. Now, he hadn't looked um, in the area, in the attic at all. Would somebody be able to tell by looking at the attic, you know, at the drywall there, if there is a water problem? I'm I mean, anxious not to have yeah, the no, 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 no. taken apart because no, I, I don't know. see I, any evidence. I mean, I think that... Um you know, certainly a visual inspection could work, and I think that if they went to the back side, if you got to your point, if they got to the the attic, maybe they could reach in and see if the insulation's wet. But I mean, I have to tell you, uh, Sharon, there is a chance that some stuff has to get opened up because if there was in fact okay. water there, the risk is you know you're concerned about the mildew in the mold, and right. um, if it's in that insulation back there and it sits there, that's where we have a big problem. You don't want to. I understand you want to try and minimize the the you know the fix and everything, but you just want to make sure you're doing it right. Okay, okay, and it's probably a bad idea for me to go up there and try to pick up any of that insulation. I mean, it's it's. Or is it okay to do that? I think it's okay if you feel comfortable being up in there, and also if you're wearing a mask and gloves. You know, if if it's wet and damaged, and you have the ability to pull it out of there and you're comfortable mm-hmm. being up in there, then sure. But if not, then I would hire somebody to do it. Okay. All right. Do you have a, you so wait, much. wait. Do you have a pen or a pencil? Yes, I do. All right. Uh, executive Carpet uh, Cleaning's number is 630-990-8600. Thank you so much. You're welcome so much. Have a great day. Appreciate you calling this morning. 857-5574-LU. That's how it works. 857 857- Five five seven four five six eight. We'll take a quick break and be back right after this. He says, uh, Johnny, can I tell you a story about this guy? He goes, years ago. He goes, I'm, I'm dining in a, I'm dining in a restaurant in New York, and th- this is before uh, Don was married. You know, Don Rickles, the late Don Rickles, uh, was married to his wife for I don't know, like forty five years. They had a lovely, beautiful marriage, and so Don Rickles sitting next to me goes, "I'm sitting there with a bunch of friends eating, and I'm almost done with dinner." I'm, he goes, I'm, "I'm drinking the espresso at this point." Don walks over, he says, "Hey, Frank," he goes, "I'm sitting over here with this lovely girl. You know, I'm trying to kind of make some time with this girl, and I told her that I know you, and she doesn't believe you." or doesn't believe me, you know, would you mind when you're done just coming over and saying hello? Yeah, sure, sure, Don, no problem. So he goes, I get done with my coffee, I walk over there, and I go, hello, Don, nice to see you, how you doing? And then Don Rickles looks up at him and says, Frank, can't you see I'm eating here? <laughs> it just totally busts him in front of this woman. It's so, so funny. Good. That is just like classic old stuff. It's so good. So good. 857 Let's go back to the phone lines. This is uh, Wanda in Lockport. Hi, Wanda. You're on House March Radio. Good morning. Morning. I'm feeling a little incalcitrant today. Our charge nurse is really biased. 
Oh, you're good. You're good. You're good. Good, 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 good. Good job. Can I help you with something? Yeah. The house we've been renovating, <clears throat> the bathroom's about ready to put flooring. I was looking at different options, and I was wanting to do, like, the floating vinyl, but it said with the installation instructions that you have to have a temperature between, like, 60 to 70 for the floor not to buckle and warp. Is that really an issue? You mean for an installation temperature or to maintain the temperature? To maintain. And you said this is a bathroom? Yes. Well, I wanted waterproof vinyl so it's not slippery or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no air conditioning in the house, so it gets pretty warm, especially second and third floor in the summer. Yeah. Um, I think with the luxury vinyl, um, so the, the biggest issue with it is you the maintaining the temperature is important, um, but it in talking to a lot of the flooring contractors that I know that have been putting this in, it's the colder temperature that's more critical than the warmer one. So, you know, you're, you're, I would assume, other than if the heat goes out, you know, the, you're not going to get below 60 degrees. And, and even, you know, if it was a temporary thing, it wouldn't be, I don't think you would have to worry. Um, the, the hot side of it, I think that if you get one, you know, all of that luxury vinyl is, um, 100% waterproof. Some of it is okay. specifically designed for bathroom applications. You know, that there's like a separate line that says, hey, perfect for bathrooms, you know, type of thing. That might be the okay. one that I would look for. Um, and, um, you know, the, the thing is, if you go to, you know, the big box stores, you're only going to see, you know, maybe a dozen choices and maybe only a dozen choices of styles and maybe just a few manufacturers. If you go to a flooring store, if you're going to be the one buying this yourself, you may get a better yeah, selection. Yeah, you're, I'm going to buy it and put it in. So Okay. So, you know, somebody like a floor and decor has a pretty good selection, not only of finishes and styles and the width of the plank and whatnot, but multiple manufacturers, which I think is important. And the other thing to kind of the thing that I've learned about these luxury vinyls is they all have this scratch layer on top and they will all kind of talk about how many millimeters that is, you know, that final layer that keeps the floor looking good. Anything over 12 is good. Anything over 20 is a waste of your money. Oh, okay. Do they make one that specifically is more resistant to extreme temperature changes? I'm going to say yes, but I think that you don't have to. Um, I have not. This, this product has been around for a while, and I have not heard and have spoken with a lot of different people installing it. The only thing that has ever come up in those conversations with me is the colder temperature, not the hot. Okay. You just got to make sure, since you're going to do this uh, yourself, Wanda, is that you leave an expansion gap around the perimeter of these rooms. Yeah, I've, I've done tiling and stuff like that. Okay. For a long time. So don't, you know, don't. Drywall plumbing. You're per that's awesome. 
I love it. I love, love, love it. You just need to make sure that that floor has enough uh, area to move back and forth. Yeah, and then I was going to put a baseboard around the edge Correct. of the cover so nothing could kind of Correct, correct. Something. That's awesome. All right, thank you well, so much. Well, I'm glad that we started with uh, you being recalcitrant, and now everything's good. Yep, I got it out of my system. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for calling. 857-557-4LOU is our phone number. We'll get back to more of your phone calls. But first, this report of WGN Radio News with Don Kleppen. Hi, good morning, Lou. Um, I have a question about my driveway. It was just late in July, and uh, winter here, it's starting to flake in a few spots. Mm. There are a few chips here and there. We didn't even have um, winter, Ross. What do you mean it's flaking? There was no winter. I know. I, I, I didn't even shovel. Shoveled maybe once. Ugh. It's beautiful. <laughs> um, but what... Um, I know it can be repaired. Hold on. We're talking about, we're talking about a we're, concrete... Uh, we're talking about a concrete driveway, correct? Concrete. Okay. Concrete. Um, I know it can be repaired. Will that be long-lasting repair? And when I call my contractor about it, what should I be prepared for and what should I ask them? Well, when you... It's still s- under warranty for a year. Okay. And where is this happening, this uh, flaking? It's it's All- on the main driveway on two slabs. So just two of the slabs are having this problem. Correct. Right now, anyway. And if I was looking at those slabs and I was thinking about a percentage of how much of it has this issue, what would you say? It's like a um, a three by two section and maybe a one by one square. Okay. So it's a small percentage of the size of the thing. Correct. Okay. So they're probably going to come back with some type of um, leveler to try and fill in and blend it into the rest of the concrete. And will it be a permanent fix? Probably not. But then they just want to get past the year, right? I mean, here's the thing, and I want to... You know, it's funny because we need a new driveway, and my wife's like, I want a concrete driveway. And, you know, if you listen to this show with any regularity, you know, I I say that there are three things in life that we can all count on. We're always going to have to pay taxes. Sadly, someday we're going to die. And if it's concrete, it's going to crack. And, I mean, it's just the way it is. Now, when I say that, there are people like, oh, I've had this concrete driveway forever. It looks fantastic. What are you talking about? Well, I'm telling you, the vast majority of concrete will either crack or spalled, like what you're having happen, and they may fix that area and it'll look good, but <clears throat> there's nothing to say that it couldn't happen in another area three years from now, okay? Um, I doubt that they will say to you, hey, buddy, we're just going to break out this concrete and re-pour new concrete. They're going to patch it. And... Um, you know, I would ask them, at the very least, on the patch, to give you another year to come back if something goes wrong. Okay. That's you know? a good idea. And, uh, I mean, the fact that the concrete is new, and quite frankly, the fact that we haven't really had a winter, which is crazy. I mean, it really is crazy. That concrete should look fantastic. I mean, you probably didn't use hardly any ice melt on it at all, right? 
I used absolutely zero. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if they come back and They're say, well, you know, yeah. So, you know, if they come back, hey, buddy, you're putting ice melt on here to say, no, I'm not. I didn't. I mean, look at the winter. Trust me, we own hardware stores. I'm, I'm heavy in ice melt. If you want to stock up for next year. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a few little chips here and there. Is that a problem also that yeah, I mean, address? When they when they come back to do this, you know, patching of those areas, ha, you know, have them address that too. It'll be the same material that they would use. Um you know, and 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 the fact that it's a fresher concrete should definitely work. It should right. it should, la- it much, should last Luke. longer. You got it. I appreciate you calling. You know, when I was like 19 years old, um I worked for a construction company that we were working on the old post office back when it was a post office. And on the, gosh, let's see what side of that was. I mean, now it's all under construction once again. But it's funny, I was I was there for an event with my wife, and I said, you see all that concrete over there? That, that all was taken out, because we did it 40 years ago. Um, and we poured these giant slabs where the, where the um, um, like the tractor trailers would pull into the post office and we were re-pouring all these big, huge slabs. And on this particular day that we were doing this, I was a late concrete laborer and finisher and we poured like five slabs because you can only do so many at a time where the concrete truck could get there. And we literally get all done and the skies erupted. I mean, it starts raining cats and dogs. And the guy that was the superintendent, um, I can't remember his name, but boy, he was a you-know-what buster. Wow. He was the guy that used to say to me, all I want to see is rear ends and elbows today. You know, they're bent over working. He, he had all this plastic wrap and uh, giant things of visqueen, and we laid it out, you know, propping stuff up. In the, I mean, I was, I was like a wet cat that you threw into a lake, you know, uh, doing all this. And um, I said, how is this going to look when we're done? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We put the plastic all over. The next day, we take the plastic off, and it looked horrible. I mean horrible. And, and this is a lot of concrete. And remember, concrete, when it's, not, uh, when it's not set, is kind of green in color. So he runs to the, the shed that we had, or, you know, I forget what it was. But that was before we used containers for that kind of stuff. And we had these giant machines these steel trowel machines that you were like a floor scrubber that you stood behind. And we put down this top coat, which is what the concrete guy's going to do on your driveway. And we use this machine to work it in. Now, the machine that's for big giant areas, the people on your driveway are going to do it by hand. I went back five years later. So what did I say? I was 19. So I was like in my mid twenties and I happened to be there for some reason and I walked by that concrete, and it was still there, and it still looked good. I was like, huh? And, I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. I just was following orders. Get on that machine. Oh, I want to see his rear end and elbows. He didn't use the word rear end. He used a different word. But I'm not going to say that word on the air. 857-5574, Lou. 857-557-4568. This is uh, James in Waukegan. Hey, James, you're on House Marts Radio. Good morning. Good morning, Lou. So my situation is um, I've got paint peeling on my kitchen ceiling, and I think it might be a case of where latex paint was painted over oil-based paint. And I, the, the first spot was about two feet by two feet, and I, I fixed it, and I put Till's uh, primer on there, 
And now it has spread over um, to an area, about a two-foot by two-foot area, just uh, right beside the first spot. Mm. Um, this isn't, I don't believe this is really caused by any water because there's no water stains. The attic is fine. The wood upstairs shows no signs of uh, any staining. Um, so I think it's just a paint issue. What are your thoughts and what can I do about this? Um, how old is the house? Uh, it was built in 1940. Okay. And when the the peeling paint that you're seeing, you're just seeing another layer of paint underneath it. You're not seeing any raw plaster or drywall or anything like that. Correct. Okay. All right. So if you're sure that's not water, um, I want you to I'm change. Sure. I want you to change the primer that you're going to use to my new favorite primer. Um. So scrape what you can, lightly sand what you, you know, the, what you scrape so that you blend it in a little bit. And then I want you to prime those areas with a, a primer called Styx, S-T-I-X. All right. I think you can only buy it in a gallon. I may be wrong. It, it might be available in a quart, but um, it is a bonding primer that is... The bee's knees, and it is a uh, latex. Actually, I think it's an alkalid base, but it's a you can it's soap and water cleanup, and it is super sticky, and it will sticks to just about anything, and it bonds whatever it connects to, and you can. What I would do with it is use a get one of those little four inch rollers, you know, and a little small roller pan. And use that to mm-hmm. kind of blend it in because that's I think is the best way to put this primer on, and then let that dry, then lightly sand that a little bit to get the feathered edges there, and then repaint the ceiling. Uh, it is uh, it's the brand sticks is by Insul X is the name of the maker, I N S U L, I think it's dash X. Ultimately, it's a Benjamin Moore product. Okay. And um, should I paint the whole ceiling with the sticks? Uh, would that prevent uh, more peeling from occurring, I mean, or can I look forward to this continuing to peel? And I'm sort of chasing this from spot to spot. Over well, time. how how big is how big of a ceiling are we talking about? Oh, uh, four hundred square feet. Okay. If it were me, and I was going to go through all this work, I'd scrape what I can. I would get a. Um, like a pad sander, you know, like a orbital sander or a random orbit sander or something like that. Lightly sand the ceiling because you'll probably expose some things that would peel without you seeing it, right? So now you you right. sand the whole ceiling; it's ready to go. Prime the whole thing with this bonding primer. You you may actually, if you if you did a nice job, you would probably. Prime it with this primer and not have to paint it at all because it has that kind of finish on it. It kind of, when it's done, it almost looks like the, the shell of an egg. Which is okay. pretty but Is this a fairly common problem in houses of this age? 100%. Yeah. This is, okay. I mean, the, the, the biggest thing that, w- what it really is called is film failure. Meaning, you know, we, a lot of us, we paint our walls, but we don't repaint the ceilings. The paint, even dried paint. It only lasts so long, and so it starts to separate. You know, you in a kitchen in particular. Think about it, right? You got grease, and you got boiling water, and you know, dust and dirt and debris, and, and it it eventually works its way into that film, 
and it will separate the bond that the film has with whatever it was painted to. And in your case, you know, if it in fact was oil-based, I mean, the latex should stick to that, but those dissimilar materials, it makes it a little bit easier for it to lose its bond. Sure, that makes sense. Right? Look at me, I'm like a scientist. I'm like it's like it's like uh it's like you're an I hate so I, I junior scientist. Oh, well, I'm, what am I telling you? I mean, it's you know, it's uh I just know I just look at it and somebody says, "Yeah, it's film failure." Okay, I'm not going to forget that. And then I just tell people, I just regurgitate that stuff. But you know, if you say it with if you say it with authority, uh James, then it really sounds like I know what I'm talking about. But I <laughs> I'm yeah, kidding. Sell it. <laughs> sell it, baby. But I think if you I really I mean, I have to tell you um, when I did the, I did a kitchen cabinet project, and um, I repainted some kitchen cabinets, and I used this Insulex primer, uh, this Styx primer, and I was so amazingly impressed by the bonding characteristics of this, and it has all these different uses that I, I really think it's, you know, it's it literally is the silver bullet for painting now. Wonderful. Well, that's the direction I'll go. That's what I'll do. All right, James, uh, fire up the Bunsen burner and get to work. Absolutely. Take care. Have a good day. You too. Appreciate you calling this morning. 857-557-4LU is our phone number. House Smarts Radio with me, Lou Manfredini. Oh, real quick, I want to tell you about next week's show. Uh, It's our spring cleaning show. Spring is here. Time to dust off the cobwebs, get a fresh start, and tackle those projects that winter has delayed. Well, we're going to help you get started with our spring cleaning show. Tune in next Saturday, March 11th, 6 to 10, when we talk about things we can do both inside and outside of the home. It's our spring, our spring, our spring cleaning show is sponsored by Executive Carpet Cleaning. They'll show you what clean really looks like at WGNclean.com. Lindemann Chimney Heating and Cooling, you can schedule at lindemann.com. Lindholm Roofing, their family has your family covered. And Mitsubishi Electric Heating and AC. Find info at getacomfyhome.com. That's all happening next Saturday, our spring cleaning show here on House Marts Radio. 651 in the morning. We'll take a quick break and be back right after this. How are we feeling about Patrick Kane, Mark Carmen? We're feeling really fortunate that we had him for as long as we did, Lou. Right, that's what I'm thinking. Right? Yeah, look, always hard to see an icon like the Caner now playing in New York, but uh I don't know. I think you gotta on some level, respect what they're doing. You got to move forward in life, right? They've got 19 picks in the next three drafts, and, uh, and maybe the Caner. I don't know. It's 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 tough to see somebody like that in another uniform. Clearly, I, uh, but, but I, I also uh, want to thank him. Yeah, I have a lot of friends uh, in New York, and <clears throat> in particular, I have a business partner, uh, Frank, who's big, uh, who's a big uh, Ranger fan, and his son has been a Patrick Kane fan since he came into the league, and. Um, and I, I, I'm going to – before Patrick Kane came to – when he was still in Buffalo and he was like, a, uh, you know, in the whatever the league is before you come into the NHL, right? I was at a home show in Buffalo, New York, and I was, like, doing some talk. And somehow there were these two famous Buffalo hockey players that were there with me. And I don't – I don't remember who these guys were, but they were of the generation of like they were the bruisers, you know, back when hockey had the like the hitmen, sure. you know. And 
the, these two guys, they were like, you know, they had two teeth and they, their nose had been broken, you know, 15 times, but they were the nicest men. They're probably about, they're probably about my age at the time. Um, and, uh, they said, oh, you know, you got this kid, you're a hockey fan. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a hockey fan. You know, this is before they were on WGN or whatever. And, um, they go, you got this kid coming to Chicago. Who's going to, he's going to take the league by storm. I go, really? What's his name? Oh, Patrick Kane. I go, no kidding. He goes, oh yeah, he lives with my mother or something <laughs> like, you know, you know how they, you know how they yeah. live with families when they, yeah, live with my mother when they did whatever in the league and this kid's really something. So, and then lo and behold, you know, whatever, a few months later, they announced this uh, Patrick Kane thing. But anyway, my friends in New York, the night he played at the, the first night uh, in New York, he sends me a picture of his son holding up. They already, of course, have the Patrick Kane Ranger jerseys and he bought one. He got to keep his number. That's right. Hey. That's really sweet. It's adorable. <laughs> it's adorable. But I do like Adorbs. these stories. Dave, my husband's the same way. He's like, go Kane. Or, like, just, he was such yeah. a... What, what is he going to do? Play around so with these guys and just... So long, it's got to right? be so frustrating when, I mean, the guy can still play, he's, uh, obviously, and he's got, I mean, all these people that play any professional sport are super talented. But um, what are you laughing at? I keep going. I'll tell you okay. in a second. And um, so, but, you know, maybe he goes and wins one more. Good for him, right? Yeah. Why not? Awesome. He's 34 years old, little gas left in the tank, but the contract was up at the end of the year. And, you know, the Blackhawks are clearly focused on building the next championship Blackhawks team. Right. So at some point it was going to end, although... There is. I, I respect all Blackhawks fans who are like, let's keep him here forever. I don't want to move forward without Patrick Kane. It's too hard for me. I get it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. And by the way, uh, Don Kleppen, uh, good job using wow. the word of the day. Thank wow. you. Well Thank you very done. much. I mean, just kind of slipped it in there. Yeah. Right? He's Mr. Smooth. Yeah, you know. He's, he's JB. He's our JB Smooth. <laughs> I love it. Carmen, you got to... You gotta, Live up to it. Yeah, I, at eight o'clock. It? There's going to be some level of yeah, recalcitrantness. Right. He's, he's feverishly <laughs> scribbling in there. He's, right. I, I tried to get it into seven. I wasn't good enough to figure no, out. No, that no, I think no, you're always good enough. You're no, always good enough for so. us. All right. So uh, a little bit later on, I got a couple of pick to clicks uh, that you should be watching on Apple TV. We'll talk a little bit later on. I'll give you a little tease. One involves Eugene Levy. Do we all love Eugene Levy? Oh, absolutely. We okay, do. I'm not going to say the show that he was on on the Poops air. It has to do with a creek. Wait, you're just watching that now? No, no, no. Oh. A new show that he's on I that is, know. I laugh so hard <gasps> that I yes. couldn't catch my breath. Okay. Nice. And it's amazing, like, what they're doing. So stay tuned for that. And then have you heard about the show Shrinking? Yes, Apple TV. Jason, Apple TV, Jason Siegel. And Harrison Ford. And the cast is amazing. Yeah, from the writer of Ted Lasso, I believe. So good. Oh. We'll talk a little bit about that coming up. I think you'll find it very interesting. 857-557-4LU. 857-557-4568. This is Bill in uh, Crystal Lake. Hey, Bill, good morning. You're on House Smarts Radio. Hey, good morning, Lou. A pleasure talking to you. I've listened to you for years. Thank you very much. How um, may I help you? Yeah, I'll tell you what, Lou, I've got a mid-century modern house uh, built in the middle 50s, and I'm doing some major renovations to it. And one of my issues is my plumbing. I've got the old galvanized pipes, and, you know, I'm getting rust in my water fixtures, and the water pressure is not all that good, so there's probably sediment in there. Right. Lou, my contractor wants to go with the uh, copper tubing or copper pipes, 
and now they're looking at hex plumbing. And I'm kind of intrigued with it, you know, with the um, uh, polyethylene or um, uh, tubing and the red for the hot, the blue for the cold. Just wanted to get your views on that. I'm ass- my contractor's not real gun ho on it. I'm assuming that um, PEX is allowed in Crystal Lake. Uh, I think it is. Okay, because certain many municipalities, you know, they they have some follow the. the it's not allowed everywhere. It is mm-hmm. you. It is and, it is used everywhere in the United States and Europe, and you know there are still okay. there are still holdouts in certain you know big cities, um, <clears throat> where you know they just can't use it. It speeds up. Okay. It speeds up the process. Um. It 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 appears to be safe from a potable water perspective, right? That you're running through this plastic piping. Um, okay. You know, meaning, and the reason I say that is that I think that I can line up a half a dozen people to tell you it's completely safe and everything's great, and I can line up a half a dozen people to tell you the opposite, and I could do the same with copper. Okay, but it's just that we know. Okay. It's just that we know copper. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, okay. <clears throat> you know, and I mean, ultimately, you know, what's nice about the pecs is that you have less joints. OK, so basically they snake it through a wall. There's a manifold that they typically put in one thing and they're like, all right, I'm taking these two pipes up to the bathroom and they just feed it all up there. And there's a connection at the manifold and there's a connection where it comes out at the faucet. There's no joint to leak. There's no nothing. It's just a. It's a big, long, uh-huh. heavy tube that, when installed properly and covered up so they don't drill through it, um, I, I have no problem with you doing it as long as you are comfortable with the safety of it. So do okay. Ju- I mean, just do. My, is there concerns about the safety, or well, and that, that's that's my point. Is that I believe okay. I believe it's safe, but when you go down the rabbit hole on the internet. You'll find all kinds of people says mm-hmm. it isn't. And so you have to be comfortable with saying, well, I think this is fine. I mean, look, it's a lot like, um, <clears throat> you know, you got this mid-century. So I'm going to assume that your water service coming into the house is a lead pipe. Uh, I would imagine if it's mid-century, what right. they used back then. Right. I, so, I'm, I'm not real sure. Right. My house in Chicago is a 1929 uh, home. And it's a lead pipe coming uh-huh. in. I have all new copper that we put in in when we renovated the house. All everything got replaced in two thousand and one. And you know, there's a lot of talk about these lead pipes and you know the you know water quality and people drinking that. But you know, the reality of that is, if you turn the water on and you run it for thirty seconds, you know, before you fill a glass with water. Any kind of contaminant that was there is gone. It just rushes through the thing. I mean, we, you know, there, there is. My father-in-law is ninety years old and he lives in a house that he raised his family in, in the sixties, and the thing is, it has two lead services in it. And you know, uh-huh. so I mean, obviously, you know, there's there's two sides to these uh, equations of all this. And so with the packs, super easy to install, may save you some money. You have to be comfortable with the overall health benefits of it. My opinion is you'll be fine, but you have to okay. decide that for yourself. I'm not trying to scare you, okay. you know. I know. I, you're doing a good job. Well, <laughs> um, 
Well, I'm just you trying know, to I'm trying to present I'm trying to present both sides. Right, right. You know, ironically, Lou, uh, the next block over from me, they're um, redoing the whole street and the uh, water line and everything. And they told the whole no- homeowners, if you have lead pipes going from the main to your house, you're going to have to replace those at your own expense. So mm. um, I thought that was kind of interesting. Well, and, I, and I'll tell you where that becomes uh, an issue for you down the line. Um you know, you're going to obviously do this bigger renovation and you're going to, you know, get this house to look as whatever you decide to do. Someday you're going to go sell that house mm-hmm. to a young mm-hmm. to a young family. That lead pipe yeah. is going to be an issue for them. Okay. And so, you know, it's a question of you're doing all this work, right? Do I have someone come and replace that water line for, you know, I'm going to make up a number, six grand. And then you have, then you know that the service and everything coming in is a nice big copper line. You know, it'll be, um, you know, you probably have a three quarter inch line coming in. If you put a new service in, it'll be an inch and a quarter copper flex copper that comes in. So you're going to get more volume of water, which will help with Uh the volume and the pressure with no matter what you use. Lou, how do you know if you have a lead uh, feed coming into your house? Do you know where I your, mean, a home do, inspector do you, wouldn't look for well, that. Do they? you know where your main water is? Yeah. So go look at the main, the valve, and see what color okay. see what color the pipe is coming up through the ground or through the wall. If it looks silvery okay. like a thing of lead, then it's lead. If it looks mm-hmm. like copper, you know, if it's copper color, it's copper, huh? then it's copper. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you're good to go. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, I was, um, I was talking to some of the trades and, you know, they kind of, they weren't real gung ho about the, uh, pecs. And I kind of assumed that, you know, perhaps since the product is relatively inexpensive and the, uh, installation is easy, it's not, you know, a real high price installation and they might be shying away from it. But, you know, well, I don't know if that's an issue. I mean, here's the thing. Pex has been around for a long time. So, and 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 I think that you know with a lot of trades, they're comfortable in what they like to use. You know what I mean? If I take mm-hmm. you if I take you out to Rockford, where they use a lot of that PEX, those guys, oh yeah, this is great, bang bang. You know, it's 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 not unlike you know you go to certain western suburbs and you can use Romex instead of conduit and wire, right? And all those electricians uh-huh. are like, why the heck would I do that? I'll just run an extra wire and bang bang bang, and you know you can knock the house out in. Uh, in in no time. Now the the downside for me because I'm a little bit traditional on the electrical is that if I ever want to add a switch or whatever, you know, you can run a wire through a pipe and add a switch. You know, electrician can come do that. It's more difficult to do that with uh, a Romex. But all of these products are being used, have been used for years. You can find examples of homes that have been around for forty years that have pecs and are problem free. Oh, okay, for sure, all day. Uh-huh. All right. So and they use they use that in Europe too, internationally. A hundred percent. Really? Okay. Okay. You know, and I've heard it either comes on a big uh, coil or in some straight um pipe. Correct. And they say if it comes off the coil it's like a huge slinky and it's kinda hard to uh deal with. Well, I mean, do you recommend one over the other? I mean, it's really the 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 whole idea if you're going to do pecs, if you decide that this is what you want to do. I want the fewest uh-huh. amount of connection points because that's the okay. benefit of it. 
So that okay. you said you're doing a major renovation. So if I'm coming from the basement That's and I'm cool. going up to the furthest bathroom that there is, I want no mm-hmm. I want no connections until I get to the bathroom. And so that's where you want the snaky snake. And you know, it's not it's not that hard, right? It's it's okay. just it's okay. just uh it's just something that they have to do. Right, right. But there's no danger I'll get a plastic taste or a polyethylene taste out of the water because it's um no. A, uh, a no. <laughs> but but I mean if you're concerned about it, then you should find somebody that has it in their home and go taste the water. Literally. Mhm. Okay. And I don't know. I mean, to me, um, the chance of freezing pipes would be less because I'm not having cold against metal against water. It's more mm, of an insulator. Uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit, but that's that, that, a little bit, not, that not isn't not the concern. Bad. The benefit of the PEX is okay. faster installation, less seams, um, uh-huh. arguably a longer lasting system than copper. Because of, oh, really? you know, okay. well, just because of, you know, everything that gets connected to it. There's less no joints. less joints. There's no yeah. electrolysis, bah, 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 bah. you know, there's a bunch of, there's right. a bunch of plus, a bunch of pluses when it comes to pecs. Okay. You're, you're going to, you're, you're, I, really I, I know. And this is going to be our new segment every day at seven o'clock pecs talk on house smarts. We'll just do pecs talk. Oh, really? Sponsored by pecs. Your pecs new plumbing. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. You'll be my only listener yeah, right, right. like yeah. that podcast in the desert. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, Bill. I'll good luck to my contractor. See if we can find an installer. You got it. Good luck, buddy. I appreciate you calling this morning. Yeah, it's good stuff. I have, I have no negative on it, but you have to be comfortable with the use of the product, that's for sure. All right, 726 in the morning. You're listening to House Smarts Radio with me, Lou Manfredini, 857-5574. Lou, we'll take a quick break and be back right after this. You know, normally I'm a big World War II guy. I'm actually reading the book that your father-in-law uh, uh, sent me on the P-38 uh, uh, World War II book, which is really good. Um, and I just finished oh, I just finished a World War II book, and so I need to take a little break from World War II. You know, a lot of people getting shot and, uh, in, you know, in the war. So anyway, I started reading this book, Taste. I'm laughing out loud because it's like a whole Italian family story, which is really good. It's by Stanley Tucci called Taste. It's very good. It's not, and every now and then, then he throws in a recipe. Well, this is what we were eating, and here's how you make it, and or a drink recipe or whatever. It's very good. So check it out. Oh. Thank you, Joan Sandra. Hey, our Noodaloo 2, by the way, sponsored by ChevyDriveChicago.com. When you need a new ride... You need a new Chevy. Um, <clears throat> years ago, I think Lindsay and I discovered these poopery people at the Houseware Show, right? And I right, so. I think it was but you and I loved them because they have a, a, they had like a great sense of humor. So it, it is. If you know this product, it is a product you use in the bathroom, and the whole idea. Good morning, everybody. Seven forty-one in the morning. It's a little spray <clears throat> that you spray in your toilet. Before you use the toilet for your business, the serious business. And the idea is that it forms a little layer of oil over the top so that when stuff goes in there, it lessens the odor. And they have a. Ideally. <laughs> Ideally. So, and they have a, a funny attitude about the whole thing. They're very funny in how they market it. And quite frankly, the product works. And since then, they've added some other products in their line, and this is one of them that has everything to do with your pet. 
Guests are coming over. The house smells like wet dog, stinky pet bedding, or pee and poop. Good morning, everyone. This weekend's new Tulu 2 can help with that. So you've heard of potpourri, right? Yep, you've heard of poopery. Maybe you've heard of homepourri, but have you heard of petpourri? Petpourri spray from the makers of poopery says it'll eliminate 99% of those smelly pet odors. What does it do, you ask? Well, the spray is safe to use on rugs, carpets, and upholstery and uses funk lock technology to neutralize odor molecules. While it's safe to use around cats and dogs, you don't want to use it on the cats and dogs. The scent, called Positively Fresh, is a clean and natural scent created from plant-based ingredients. How would you describe the scent, you ask? Well, the company does a good job of that. Picture this. It's a brisk spring day. You and your furry friend are driving along the countryside the crisp air is blowing Buster's hair in the wind like Beyonce. That smell of fresh air? Yep, they bottled it. Much better than the smell of pee, right? We love a company with a sense of humor. The 16-ounce spray sells for $14.99. For more information on pet purry, poo-purry, and the company's other odor-eliminating products, check out Lou's Housemart's YouTube channel, and be sure to click that subscribe button while you're there. And uh, Lindsay and I are going to be at the Home and Houseware show on Monday, so um, I'm sure these people will be there, and we'll have to tell them about their we love their product. And uh, if you you know, there is nothing worse than wet dog smell, right? And you know, this time of year where it's not you know it's rainy and they are wet, and you know the problem like Flo, we have two dogs, Flo and Bruno. Flo is a low rider. Right, she is a low rider, and so as she walks around, she's got short little legs. You know, she's a that kind of dog that I don't say on the air, and um, so her belly rubs on like the wet grass. So it isn't just when she comes home you've got to wipe her paws; you got to wipe the whole body because she's just head to toe soaking wet. You know, she kind of looks at you with that that tooth hanging out. You know, she's got that look. Tucks her leg up. Yeah, she limps a little bit. She's like a, you know, fakey. Anyway, I love that you can spray this on your upholstery. Your upholstery where your dogs are hanging out, that's where the odor's coming from. And this is a good solution. You can check out more information by going to youtube.com slash housemartstv. And uh, you can learn more about the new product from our friends at Poopery called Petpourri. Look at that. That really, you can put anything in front of that puri, right? Whatever it is. We've got okay. truck puri. You know, I mean, they can come up with a car puri. You know, they can just do anything in front of it and it'll work. 857 uh, 557 Lou. 857 This is Holly, who's in Hi, Holly. Good morning. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. How may I help you? Um, I have a kitchen, it's a lower kitchen cabinet that has one of those permanent shelves that's non-adjustable, and it's not even like a full shelf, it's like a half shelf. Okay. And what I want to do is I want to try and take that out and put in some like sliding shelves that I can just, you know, pull out. It's a lot easier to get stuff out. Yep. I'm just wondering, is there an easy way to get that shelf out, or am I just stuck trying to work around it no you it's um so the way that that is probably affixed is there are wood pins that are in the side of the cabinet and then in the back and so if you don't want this shelf anymore okay right what kind of power tools do you have at your disposal Holly? (laughs) um 
I have a hammer. I, a friend of mine, he has a whole bunch of power tools, so okay. I can, you know, borrow some of those. So borrow a little jigsaw from your friend. Okay. Right down the middle of that shelf. Take out everything out of the cabinet. Take the jigsaw right down the middle and cut the middle of the shelf going to the back of the cabinet until the saw stops. Right? Because okay. you won't get all the way to the end. And then take the saw right. out of there and then take your take your hand, your fist, and just go bunk, bunk and hit each piece and it'll just uh-huh. fold out and the pins will come out of the okay. wall. You may damage a little bit of the side, okay. but that's okay. Then you can buy pull-out shelves. Right. You know, you measure the cabinet with, mm-hmm. and you, you mean, I know this for a fact, that uh, there's a bunch of companies that make these shelves based on the cabinet. One of the better manufacturers is a company called Rev Shelf, R-E-V dash A dash shelf. Okay. And they make all these really, really good pull-out shelves that are sturdy and, you know, you just got to measure it properly. Sometimes, depending on your cabinets, your cabinets have a frame or are they frameless? Uh, They have a frame. Okay, so you're going to have to put a spacer So the way that's going to work is the front of whatever slide-out shelf you buy is going to mount Mm -hmm. to the frame just behind the door. But now the track track is going to be pulled away from the sidewall of the cabinet. All right. So you're going to have to put a spacer there where you screw that to the cabinet and then screw the frame of the slide-out to that. To that, okay. So you're going to measure that frame, you know, you're, you're, when you take the doors off to do this work, you're going to measure uh-huh. from the side, inside of the cabinet to the edge of that frame. And, you know, you'll probably okay. have half of an inch, maybe, you know, three-eighths of an inch. And then once right. you get everything, you're going to put that same size spacer going back, probably in two spots, and then mount your frame right. and put your shelf on there, and your life's going to be so much easier. Okay, how do I mount the frame? I mean, if, do I, because I have a refrigerator and a stove next to this cabinet. So do I glue, like glue the... Uh, no, 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 it screws like the, in. The, the spacer or just screw no, them you, in there? you screw okay. it in with, I mean, you know, the sc- you're just going to have to measure the, the, if the screw pokes out a little bit, that's okay. Right. Right, okay. but because you're not going to see it, you just don't want to hit the appliance. No. But, right. uh, but it isn't a bad idea to use a little glue as well, since, you know, the sidewall of the cabinet isn't, you know, it's a thin piece of material. Mm -hmm. So maybe what you do is with that piece of, uh, you know, whatever the um, spacer you use, put a little, uh, like, construction adhesive, mark this all with a, you know, with a pencil and a level and stuff. So you, right there, put the glue in, screw it. So now when the glue sets, that's the, the glue is what's going to do all the work. And the screws, you just want to make sure that you get enough length to go through the spacer into the sidewall of the cabinet and okay. not um, not poking out too much. <laughs> not, not poking my refrigerator. Correct. Okay. Exactly. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, that sounds like a plan, then. Thank you very much. You're welcome very much. Have a great day. Okay. Enjoy the sunny weather out you there. You too. All right. Bye-bye. I shall. All right. All eight, right eight five seven five five seven four Lou. Eight five seven five five seven four five six eight. We'll take a quick break and be back right after this. Chicago! Chicago! 
early morning and you, you know, you can't control the weather, but you do what you have to do. And it's good to know that your Chevy truck works as hard as you do. When you're facing a big job, then call in the big boys. How about the Chevy Silverado 2500 or 3500 HD? Now, Silverado HD is there to back you up. The HD stands for heavy duty. This truck is, I mean, it is the definition of heavy duty. 36,000 pounds of towing capacity, real muscle to get the job done. Pulling a trailer, moving a pipe, you want to mount a snowplow on the front of this bad boy, it's a powerhouse that delivers. It's Chevy truck season, and now's your chance to get, how about this, 2.9% APR financing and a new Silverado HD pickup. Plus, make no monthly payments for 90 days, and don't forget your Chevy dealer is there to keep your truck running right with factory trained technicians. We just sent our Tahoe in for service, and they... They did a great job. It's all nice. Got a car wash. It's the best. Look, you can't work if your truck is down. Well, your Chevy dealers keeps you on the road. Visit ChevyDriveChicago.com for details. See why I love the Chevy Silverado HD. Work heavy and experience life in HD. John Williams. I'm not a guy that stays to the end of games. I'm a seventh inning guy at a oh, baseball game. Bob Surratt. Get out of here. Your show goes till two. Do you leave it a quarter to two? Have you heard my show? <laughs> it's the Bob and John Show. Weekday mornings after nine on the Bob Surratt Show on WGN. It's Lou Manfredini for the Gilkey Window Company. Now, I've recommended them for years, and the reason is quite simple. In my opinion, they make and install the best replacement windows and doors for Chicagoland. The Gilkey family owns and operates the business and custom manufactures their windows and professionally installs them. So there's never any middleman markups, which saves you money and allows you to afford a higher quality window. WGN listeners, they tell me all the time how much they love their Gilkey windows. So if you need new windows and doors, right now get $300 off per window and $800 off Gilkey patio doors. Gilkey also has no money down, low or no interest finance plans available. Their Palatine showroom is open seven days a week. Chicago Ridge open Monday through Saturday. To set up a free no-obligation in-home estimate, call Gilkey at 888-3-GILKEY. That's 888-3-G-I-L-K-E-Y. Or go to Gilkey.com. You can choose fiberglass or you can choose vinyl. Just be sure to choose Gilkey. Anna Devlantis, WGN Radio's investigative correspondent, finds out why. Anna Devlantis gets you answers on Chicago's very own WGN Radio. Oh, give people a place to gather and make fire the focal point of your home again with a majestic fireplace or an insert. You can enjoy the warmth and the ambiance of fire with leading contemporary style and the latest technology. Whether you're looking for wood, electric, or gas, indoors or out, Majestic offers a broad range of sizes and styles to fit your decor and space requirements. Visit House of Fireplaces today for expert advice about Majestic hearth products and installation. House of Fireplaces, they're at 1255 Bowes Road in Elgin, Illinois. You know what I want from the House of Fireplaces, Lindsay? I would like a phone number. Can you ask them if I could get a phone? Uh, you don't. You don't have the phone number, but... We're talking about it, and I know they want you to go there, but I would like you to call. I would like to get. I would like them to put in their ad a phone number so that people can say, "Hey, I heard Lou talking about your fireplaces. Do you have a fireplace that looks like a dog?" I don't know. You know, I mean, like that'd be a thing to just. I don't know that I would want that, but I think a phone number would be hmm. a really good thing okay. for the house of fire. Do, do you have a house of fireplaces phone number? Did you find one for me or no? It's the House of Fireplaces. They're at 1255 Bowes Road in Elgin. We'll get you that number right after this. Find people over at House of Fireplaces. I hope that's the number. Sounds like a cell phone. 
I think he maybe just gave the owner's cell phone number out. <laughs> hey, Jimmy. <laughs> well, Yelp. All right. Well, there you go. 857 Lou. 857-557-4568 is the number. Uh, this is Brian in Crown Point. Hey, Brian. Good morning. Hello, Lou. I love your show. Uh, I have some HVAC questions. Uh, I have a 2,100-square-foot 20, ranch. Uh, 450 of that was added on in the middle of the ranch in the back. Okay. I have original furnace and AC, and I need to replace it. Uh, one of the problems that I'm having is, and it's always been like this, is the back room is always cold in the winter and warm in the summer because where my thermostat is located, it's in the hallway across from the furnace. So it warms up back there or cools in there, and the back room doesn't have a chance to uh, heat up right. or cool down. Right. So I combat that with a space heater or a window unit. But uh, what what type of – I've heard of these furnaces that have two-stage blowers, and I'm not sure <clears> – <throat> what that does or what it's for uh and also about zones like where you can maybe put more heat or cooling in one area than less than others well let me let me ask you this okay so you're you said you're gonna you are going to um replace the whole furnace yeah and this house was built in 80. okay and this room is a it's all by itself right you said it was an addition Yes. Okay. Here's what I would do. Get your furnace replaced. You know, get a get the highest efficiency furnace you can, get a new thermostat, blah, 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 everything for the rest of the house so it works just fine. Okay? But then, in that room, when you get the contractor out there, I want you to talk to them about putting in a split system, a separate split system. The one that I recommend is by Mitsubishi, and that's where they put a... It's an inverter, it's all electric, and it's going to be its own heating and cooling for that space. And it's going to make that space the best room in the house. So right now it's the worst room in the house. It's going to be the best room in the house because you're going to be able to pinpoint the comfort level in there. And the other thing that's amazing is that the fact that you already have heating and cooling there, okay, it's going to help to supplement that, and um, and you're going to just be super comfortable. So do you have a pen or a pencil ready? Yeah. Getacomfyhome.com. Getacomfyhome.com is the, they have this vanity website where you can learn all about this Mitsubishi split system and talk to your contractor about doing this and if you know if he says oh no you don't want that get a different contractor i'm telling you this is the one okay. uh where where are you wait 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 where you're in you're okay. you're in crown point? in crown point okay um so there's a bunch of uh hvac contractors that work back down there and they'll do that but if you start there um 
you're gonna you're gonna get really good information. Hold on one second because I'm bumping up against time here, and we'll continue our conversation. Uh, the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Mark, once how about in a, you? Once in a while, Lou. Yeah, you gotta you get to sneak in there with. So um, <clears throat> you know, there's so much to watch. Right? It's like podcasts. I mean, unless you're listening to the Cannabis Man podcast on a regular basis, then <laughs> yes, there's sir. really no other uh, podcast to be listening to. <laughs> Why? Thank you. Um, and but. Um, we discovered a show, somebody told us about a show that Eugene Levy is hosting now called The Reluctant Traveler on Apple TV. Now, Eugene Levy was one of the producers and actors in that uh, Creek uh, series that was on, I don't know, that wasn't on Apple, was it Netflix maybe? Which was hilarious. Yeah, Netflix, that's right. Netflix, okay. Mm-hmm. So this is, so Eugene Levy is just this really funny uh character kind of an actor and he's just hilarious so the premise of this show is that he doesn't like to travel he doesn't he doesn't like anything about travel he doesn't like being on planes he doesn't like water he doesn't you know all this stuff and then they put him in all these unbelievable places and his experience of what's going on and it is gut busting funny how he reacts to all this stuff and some of the places that he goes like the maldives maldives uh islands okay in utah there's like some unbelievable um resort in the middle of the desert but then he ends up on the navajo reservation and so you're learning while you go along with it and it is it's one of those shows that you watch and the places that he goes like my wife and i are watching it together oh i want to go there I want to go there. I want to, you know, and, and so it's going to be a boon town for all these places. But I highly recommend on Apple TV, The Reluctant Traveler. Nice. That sounds awesome. Eugene Levy's just facial expressions are just golden. Okay. And then here's the other thing, too. In the show, he, off the top of your head, well, how, how old would you think Eugene Levy is? If I had a guessing, I would put him at maybe 70. 70? years old wow he's 75 years old and he's walking around you know and he's and and he's in great shape and he's you know but he's he's going on all these excursions and whatnot and um it's just spectacular so reluctant traveler that's the first one the next one is on apple tv also is shrinking jason siegel harrison ford it's one of those shows where you care about the characters Mm. right So the writing's really good. The cast is really excellent, and um, you the the it's it's a really good watch. There and what I love about all of these, like the Reluctant Traveler and Shrinking, thirty minutes. Yeah, thirty thirty five minutes. Bang bang bang. Right, exactly. Because you just don't have the time to sit there and watch for a whole hour, right? Yeah. But it's very good, and it deals with the shrinking uh, premise. There is that Jason Segel is a therapist. And there's a couple of, and so is Harrison Ford, and then there's another woman uh, who also is. And then something happens in Jason Siegel's life that kind of unravels his life, and he has a daughter. And it's a, it's, it's, it's a, I don't, want, it's a mental health thing, but you, but it's in, you know, there's funny, sweet, lovely things. And Jason Siegel is terrific. He's really good. I think he executive produced it as well as starring in this thing. So, Shrinking. Two picks to click here on House Smarts Radio. Is it new? I feel like I may have... Shrinking? It's pretty new. Yeah, seems new. I've just been hearing about it like the last two weeks or so. 
Yeah, I think, I mean, there's multiple episodes out, but it's very good. Definitely put that on your list. I'll Eight report five, back. With re- a, please report back. It'll be a good one. You, you, you and your lovely bride. You and your lovely bride watch The Reluctant Traveler and tell me <clears throat> that you don't want to go. This is for you too, Don. This is your homework. Um, that you don't want to go to every place he goes. Got it. Like Utah. Who, who wants to go to Utah? Not at the moment, but maybe wait till watching. you see this. Yes, yeah. that's the thing. It's a good one. Cool. Eight eight five seven five five seven four Lou eight five seven five five seven four five six eight is our phone number. Uh, let's get back to the phone lines here and I'll get my computer to wake up here. Come on, computer. Here we go. This is a Tom in Naperville. Hey Tom, good morning. Hi, how are you, Lou? I'm doing well, sir. What's going I have on? A question, sir. Let me make um, the better connection for you. No problem. Uh, I'm looking for a product that is a good polyurethane for floors. I refinished the uh, eating area in my house, uh, had to strip it and sand it and stain it and redo it. Now, a couple of years later, all my polyurethane's flaking off, and I'm going to have to do it again. I'd like to have something that would last more than a couple of years. You're going to, so now are you going to go back and sand this or screen it? What are you going to do? I'll take a chemical, strip it down, and then I'll lightly sand it and uh, stain it again. Okay. So the key, if you're going to stain it again, all right, you need to, and is it a dark stain or is it a lighter stain? Well, right now it's a lighter stain. And what are you going to? The floor floor is oak. Okay, but what are you going to stain it with when you you go back to redo this? Darker? Probably gold, you know, light light golden oak. I want you to give that stain two days to cure. Okay. Then you're going to go back at it with what I feel is the best waterborne finish out there is Bona Kemi Traffic. O-W-N-A. Bona, B-O-N-A, Kemi, K-E-M-I. Mm-hmm. And then the brand name is Traffic, and typically uh, it's going to be a satin that you use. Uh, I'm just going to click you off there just because we've got a bad connection. Uh, you're going to use a satin. You're going to do a setting coat, screen it, another coat, screen it, and then your finish coat, walk out, give it uh, probably at least... Uh, in a perfect world, overnight before you bring stuff back into it, um, but uh, it will it will be super durable. But the trick with it is that when you stain a floor, you have to um, really make sure that that stain is um, the, the, it's dry because if it's still if it's not cured all the way, that waterborne won't bond to it, and then we got a problem. So. Bonacemi traffic, really good stuff. Thanks so much for the phone call. 857-557-4LU is our phone number. Guess what? Time now to hear from Lindsay about what's new over at Builder Supply Outlet. My goal in life is not to offend anybody. And is that right? Like, what else would you call it? And is that not proper? I I don't know. I don't have the answer. The reason I'm laughing is because my in-laws, if they're listening, they still, like, when they order... Can you say Chinese food? They don't say Chinese food. They right. But that's an... Ir- like, you can't say that. Right, right. I, right. It's just a generational thing. But um, I get it. I don't... I, it, that's where it... I don't... 
It right? is tough. I do still I see know. ads for Oriental rugs for what it's worth. Yes. I don't know if that's right. correct. It but. just is what it is. And then I got another question about like a lot of those rug stores. Oh. It, 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 my son was bringing this up. You know how there's like in certain – there's some places there's so many rug stores like that sell these kind of Oriental rugs? Can there be that many people buying those rugs that there's so many stores that sell them? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Isn't that true. something? Don't you think there's something going on in the back, Don? Yes, I do. Like mattress stores, you understand. See, there's tons of mattress stores. I get that. People need mattresses, sleeping, mattress holidays that you need been, sales. I get yeah. it. Yeah. But right. rug stores, yeah. I don't know where the Like you buy a rug from. and then you just get executive carpet cleaning and come out and clean it. It's not like you replace it all the time. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Just keep it. My thing. question is, oriental rug. I think that that's the next thing we're going to change think that's uh, gonna end up on the cutting room floor i one. think so okay uh you know it's gonna be like i don't know i mean because you know the thing is a lot of oriental rugs i don't think are made in the orient yeah it's just inaccurate <clears throat> to say right i don't know and right? there's still persian rugs too it's like correct there's no persia you don't have that anymore <laughs> good point there you go <laughs> See? Good point. There you go. Smart guy. That's Don Kleppen. Smart guy. 857 lou 857-557-4568 is our phone number. Uh, is this Tom in Naperville? Hey, Tom. Or are you Alice in Spring Valley? Or? This is this is Betty and McHenry. Or are you Betty and McHenry? Hmm. That, it's this funny. Betty. I yes. don't even. I don't even have a name. I don't even have a Betty and McHenry on my thing. There it is. Hi, Betty and McHenry. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? What are you doing? What are you? Oh, what are you okay. doing? What are you doing today? Uh, going to my granddaughter's birthday party. Oh, nice. How old is she? Seven. Oh, good for her. What's What's the beautiful granddaughter's name? If you don't mind me asking. Stella. Oh, that's great. That's a great name. And is she Estella? Yeah. Yeah. Good She's for her. Estella. Well, yeah. happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday, Stella. How may I help you, Betty? Oh, thank you. Well, I moved into my house six years ago, and I have found that I have incredibly hard water. And I'm wondering if there is something I can do besides installing a water softener to help with the situation. Um it, last year, I actually had had to have a plumber come and cut my hoses off because they they wouldn't come off of the spigot outside. And I realized that something that would in, be installed in the house may not, you know, uh, be helpful for the outside spigots. But my 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 appliances are kind of taking a beating too. What what is the reason that you wouldn't want to put in a water softener um i don't know i just never i guess never been a fan of the kind of the soft feeling oh i don't know well what can i I don't know i just never been a fan let let me ask you this uh you know this might be too personal but uh how's the quality how does your hair feel Fine. It's fine. So, you, no, no. The reason I bring that up is that last week I had a question where a, a, a woman called in and was like, "Oh my gosh, I've tried every conditioner and blah blah blah, and my hair feels terrible, and I need to, you know, I need a water softener." I mean, so two things: a water softener will, in fact, help the hoses and whatnot because typically it gets hooked into wherever the main comes out, and then you feed it into the uh, the rest of the house. 
if you get the thing set correctly and you buy the right water softener, it does not have that slimy feeling. Okay. And I'm going to, and I'm going to, and I have nothing to do with this company, but I will tell you, we have a, we have a home in Wisconsin and we have had a water softener by a company called Kinetico. K I N E Kinetico. I'm spelling it. K I N E T I C O. Okay. Okay. And they are, it is an, it is a system that is based on it. In other words, it adjusts its regeneration based on the usage in the home. So many times water softeners have like a gauge or a guide and you kind of set it up. Oh, you know, they'll say, Hey Betty, how many people live in the house? Oh, there's three of us. When do you shower? And we'll regenerate it once a day or whatever. But sometimes if you don't use enough water, that's where the slimy feeling gets comes from. Right. Okay. With this Kinetico. Yeah, it's just me. So right, no, 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 but, but so, yeah, but, but even so, okay, just you. So let's say that you, you know, let's say that you go out of town for a couple of days, you know, you, you take Stella to Disney world. Right. And, yeah. uh, right. And so you're gone and then Don't you, come, <laughs> no, no, no. And then you come back and, uh, you know, and then, then you go to take a shower. You've been gone for a few days. Right. And, you know, you come back from Disney world and all you want to do is take a hot shower. And, uh, and so then it's all slimy with this Kinetico because it's based on how you use it. And to, as an example for our home in Wisconsin, many times now, this time of year, it's just my wife and I that'll be up at the house. You know what I mean? So we shower just a couple of us. Right. But then one weekend, there'll be all my families here, and maybe there's 10 people. The water always feels the same. Okay. You'll, you'll be... And does you'll any... Be, you'll be, you know, is that like... Um, go ahead. Anybody in Illinois sell that brand? or Go I mean, to their website. Okay. I'm sure it's Connecticut.com, okay. and it's a dealer network. Okay. It's not just anybody. you got to be a Connecticut dealer. And uh, okay. I actually think, off the top of my head, Betty, that the dealer for Kinetico that we use is in McHenry. I think they are. Okay. Yeah, they're very good. All right, wonderful. All right. Okay, thank happy, you so much. Happy yeah. birthday to Stella and the little Disney World thing will be our little secret. Uh, okay, thanks a lot. <laughs> you got it. It's 8.30 in the morning. It's time now for WGN Radio News with Don Kleppen. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Um, in your line of work in architecture, uh, well, let me let me stop. Uh, let me ask you this. Tell me about your firm and, and what you folks do. So our firm, uh, Morganti Wilson Architects, has been around for about 35 years. It was founded by Alyssa Morganti and Fred Wilson, a husband and wife architecture team. Started off in um, Chicago, but we moved to Evanston about 15 years ago. We do primarily... Um, high-end single-family residential, a little bit of commercial, mm-hmm. uh, mostly in the North Shore, but all around the country. Nice. And I've been with nice. the firm for about 25 of those years. Oh, so you're the new guy. The new guy. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, and so uh, you guys do a little bit of, of new construction and remodeling, kind of a, a full gamut. Correct. I would say probably about 70% remodeling, 30% new construction somewhere around there right right um are you uh, I, I hope and i'm, I'm going to assume that you're one of those firms that when it comes especially if you're in the north shore uh, you probably strive to making that addition or remodeling look like it was always there right 
Absolutely. That's yeah. our number one goal. Yeah. I love that. Man, when that when that works out right, it, it is just the absolute best and, and the homes just look fabulous and in, in my opinion, you know, bring the most value. Um okay, so Lindsay, my producer, found uh something that your firm created which I thought was super interesting and I kind of set it up um as far as it's it's not a fad, I think it's more of a trend called a residential delivery vestibule. Can you explain what that is? Absolutely. So this was an idea that the clients had actually brought to us when we were designing their new home. It was um, The house uh, was designed for uh, empty nesters, but they actually have another home on a lake, I believe, in Wisconsin. So quite often they're not um, staying in this home, right. and they get a lot of packages delivered. They also... Um, get the dry cleaning delivered. And I think that was really the impetus for this room. Um, so they needed a space where they could get delivery safely, keep them out of the elements, the weather, um, and be able to access them from inside the house if the weather's bad, for example, in their home. So um, we came up with this idea for this vestibule, and it's access from the mudroom, so it's kind of a side entrance. There's an exterior door that's always unlocked that uh, deliveries can always be dropped be accessed, I guess. Um, and then the room can be accessed by the clients by another door that's locked from the mud room. Mm. It's a very small room. It's about three or four, three by four feet. Um, there, it's heated with a radiant heating just to keep the chill out and uh, has the tile floor and very simple. I mean, this is like, pure genius right i mean because when i mean obviously you have to build this right and it needs to i saw a picture and we'll post a picture of it too because it is one of these things you don't even really it just looks like an extension of the home as you walk up to the front door but the idea is now the 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 room is large enough that you can to your point hang the dry cleaning i'm assuming there's a like a a a coat rod or something, a, yes. a closet yeah. rod in there, right? That they can hang the dry cleaning, yeah. but then even larger packages. Cause it's a full size entry door, right? That leads into the vestibule. Oh yes, Yep. About three foot wide. Mm. And then there's another door about three foot wide, uh, from the mud room that accesses the room. Right. Right. And then you said that that door is unlocked so that the, the delivery drivers that come kind of know it. And I think now, right, when we get deliveries, you can even, um, you know, give people instructions. Hey, just open the door to the right. It's open. But now it's out, right. of, out of sight. Stuff goes in there and you can access it from the house. I love that idea. Yeah, it's kind of a playing off of, you know, the old delivery doors of like coal and milk, you know, back in right. the 100 years ago. Right. Um, Kind of having a, a comeback now, right? In a right. new new fashion, and I mean, it would seem to me, uh, Bob, that um, you know there is a difference between a uh, a fad and a trend, and um, we're going to continue to get deliveries, and it's only going to get more prevalent. I mean, this I would think is it as architects now when you're thinking about a, a, a renovation in a home, you know, you did, you did this, I, I'm assuming you've done one of these so far, or, or are you also kind of in your back of your mind going, well, you know what, we should probably consider something like this too in this remodel. Yes, uh, for sure. Definitely. Oh, and what's great about it is now that we have, we've done it, we've got photographs of it. Right. And a lot of our clients are very um, instructed very visually. 
so if we have a good photograph to show them how this works, they're, oh, that's great. I could totally mm, use that. Right. So I think moving forward, you're going to see a lot more of these. Right, right. And it's kind of one of those things that will almost become second nature to you and your team when you're putting this all together. You know, like, okay, well, you, you know, as if you're doing a kitchen going, where's the kitchen sink going to go? You're going to be like, yeah. all right, well, we're doing the front of the house. Where's the vestibule going to go? Right. Absolutely. Wow. I love this idea. I really do love this idea. Um, okay. So if, uh, if people would like to maybe explore this or maybe they're, um, uh, we don't talk to a lot of architects on this show and we should, because, um, you know, I, I, as a, as a former builder, I always, um, you know, most builders and architects always fight each other. Right. And, uh, I, I was never one of those people because while I think I have a nice vision, I always, um, you know, deferred to the architects and for space and, and figuring stuff out. And I, and I always think that the, the best remodeling projects are where the builders and the architects are in concert, you know, working together, you know, playing off of each other. So right. it's, it's nice to hear this kind of stuff and this kind of thinking. Um, how do people get a hold of you folks if they would like to learn more about uh, a delivery vestibule or they're, you know, doing a remodeling project or want to build a new house? Uh, we have a website, uh, com. M-O-R-G-A-N-T-E is Morganti. Um, and of course you can always contact us at our, at our office, um, 847-332-1001. Um, and I believe that, uh, that delivery door is up on our website as well. Perfect. On, um, some of the images that we have. Good. We'll put a, we'll put a link up there, uh, with this interview so people can find it. Uh, Bob Zuber is a, a partner at Morganti Wilson Architects, an Evanston based architectural firm. Uh, that does full-service architecture services, uh, mostly residential, but they created a delivery vestibule at a home, and uh, check it out on their website. Bob, thanks so much for joining us this morning. I really do appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. I enjoyed it. You're listening to House Marts Radio with me, Lou Manfredini. Our phone number is 857-557-4LOU, 857-557-4568. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. Well, hi, Lou. How are you? I'm doing well. How may I help you this morning? Well, I have a strange thing. I have my grandmother's flat iron, which is, I think it's close to 200 years old. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, it's very old. Um, I was using that as a doorstop, and it accidentally got left outside, and now it is just total rust. Is there something I can do to clean that is the flat iron all 100 percent cast iron uh i think so i'm not sure but it doesn't in other words there's no if it's 200 years old there's no wires or anything coming out of it oh no 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 it's it's solid got it you know she used to heat it on the stove yeah 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 that's like legit um okay what I would do is, let me think about this. What I would do, do, do you, if you get a wire brush, uh-huh. if you went to, um, I'll tell you what, if you go to the hardware store, you can buy these little wire brushes that are look like a large toothbrush, but they're wire. And okay. then I want you to buy something called navel 
jelly. What is that? Navel jelly. Oh, navel jelly. Oh, okay. Remember that? Navel jelly? Yep, put, I remember that. Put some newspapers down on a table, rub the whole thing with navel jelly, and then <clears throat> let that sit there for, I don't know, half an hour. Wear some rubber gloves, wear some eye protection, and then use the wire brush to kind of work into the cast iron and clean it all up and then uh, rinse it with water and clean it so it's nice and clean and dry, okay? And then uh-huh. take a little, uh, if you have any mineral oil around, uh-huh. yes. wipe the whole thing with mineral oil and then wipe it clean and it'll keep the rust from coming back and it'll look fantastic. Oh, thank you so much. You're welcome so much. It's kind of a family heirloom. <laughs> I love that. I think that's fantastic, and I love that you still have it from your grandmother. Yeah, she she died in 1960, and she was 89. So God bless I guess her. It's pretty old. God bless her. Well, hopefully you get those genes as well. Oh, I hope so. All right, be All right, well. Thank you so much. You got it. Have a good weekend. You too. I appreciate you calling this morning. Eight five seven. Five five seven four Lou is our phone number. Uh, let's see if we can get, uh, yeah, let's see if we can get Kathy in here before we take another break. This is Kathy in Chicago. Hi, Kathy. You're on House March Radio. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, Lou. So I was telling Lindsay I had two questions, but I'm going to focus on this other one. Um, so in our basement, we have carpeting with padding. Uh, we've had a couple incidents with a little bit of water over time. Um, not a big issue, thankfully, yet. But um, but it's been 15 years, so I feel we're doing okay. Okay. We would like to get rid of that carpet and put something else down where we don't have to worry about if we get the water. So I've been, like, reading, okay, vapor barriers, don't do vapor barriers. I know there's cracks in our concrete on the floor, so we're, we're trying to, working on getting those sealed up first, uh, but of course there's carpeting and furniture right now, so we're just lifting up sections and doing little pieces right now until we figure out exactly what we're going to do. What recommendations might you have for that? I would 100% recommend that you put in luxury vinyl tile that already has the vapor barrier built into the back side of it. It's 100% waterproof. It's a floating floor, and when you put it down, you will call your basement the lower level because it'll look so nice. <laughs> so, and then I, put carpet over it if no. we want carpet. Well, then, your... well, yeah, if you want to do an area rug. Because we play with the dog. We like to lay on the ground and we goof around, you know. Yeah, like, right, 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 right. But, I mean, if you want to put an area rug down, great. Um, but it is... I mean, here's the thing. If you were to ever get, like, two inches of water, let's just say, God forbid, you literally could take the flooring, click it up, take it outside, hang it like you're drying your clothes, bring it back inside, and put it back together. Okay. That's so never- the click kind, because we have, we have the kind on the porch that I believe they glued down. This, this all clicks down. I was talking with someone earlier okay. that... Um, there's a bunch of different flooring companies that make it. Mohawk and Shaw. There's a company called Johnson. 
that it, and one of the things you got to find a style that you like. A lot of it looks like wood planking. Some of it looks like tile. There's just a bunch of different styles. The biggest thing is the what they call the wear finish on top of it. Remember, the vinyl flooring. It's a photograph. It's it's vinyl, and then it's a photograph of whatever it is, and then they put a wear coating over the top of it. Anything more than 12 millimeters of a wear finish is good. Anything over 20, you're wasting your money. Okay. All right. All right. Sounds good. Thanks so much. You got it. I appreciate you calling this morning. Hey, the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Yes, sir. About Pablo Escobar and his... um, and his uh, hippopotamuses. Yes, yes. Do, the... do, uh, okay, just so there are no hippopotamuses in Colombia. I mean, I know there are now. Right, not naturally occurring. Not naturally. So you said that they were, that he got these hippopotamuses and then they went out and they made more hippopotami. Right. And now they're just roaming Colombia? Yes, exactly. Like in the river? In the rivers, in the wildlands, just everywhere. So many. So they, the, the country estimated that there um, are between 130 and 160 of the hippos. And this is from, you know, maybe a, less than a dozen that Escobar had originally moved to the country. So, yeah, they over the last you know few decades, they've definitely blown up the population there. And so now the Colombian government is moving the hippos to zoos in India and Mexico. Well, I think that we could, maybe we could do Christmas presents for the kids. Yes. Okay, uh, but so this is what I don't understand. I don't, with, in my daughter, who's in Colombia right now, I need to ask her, don't hippopotamuses, hippopotami, they eat vegetables, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Right, they're not, ma- they're not carnivores. Carnivores, no. I, I'm but they're sure not they're nice. My understanding is they're not nice. Very territorial. Uh, right. Actually, they're, I think most years they're credited. There are more deaths uh, to humans by hippo attack than shark attack. Huh. Yeah. How and, about that? And they, they and they're just roaming around Colombia. Yeah. Yeah, and they they're so heavy like they don't swim underwater but they run on like the bottom the floor of like a waterbed. They'll they'll sort right. of run towards something. It's kind of uh kind of freaky to see if you catch any videos of that. That's interesting to me to just think that they're just roaming around Colombia and that they they're just now getting around to yeah you know what there's too many hippopotami here <laughs> and oh by the way that's not natural to where we live i know colombia's government uh, i have to say they're not uh, seemingly at least from news headlines uh, they're not the quickest to respond to things wow. or, or get things organized wow that is something well interesting story don thank you yeah no problem Eight five seven five five seven four lou eight five seven five five seven four five six eight. this is jim in Rolling Meadows. Hey, Jim, good morning. You're on House Smarts Radio. Good morning, Lou. How are you today? I'm doing great, my friend. How may I help you? Uh, I did some research a few years ago on a tankless water heater, um, and I'm about to start looking into it again. Uh, I was told that uh, water pressure is uh, critical, that there's a minimum water pressure. Uh, I am out on the uh, outskirts of the boundaries of rolling meadows. 
and um, I may not have enough pressure. I was wondering if there is a pressure device that I can uh, and a method for me to check the pressure myself. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Um, right now, when you take a shower, how's the water pressure? It's good. Okay. Um, the newer technology, it's kind of a non-issue. And there will be... The biggest thing with an on-demand water heater is there's a learning curve, right? So, right now... Um, you know, in your in your shower or whatever, or your your vanity in particular, this is where it really becomes an issue. When you turn the vanity on in your master bath or your primary bath, um, yes, you're not going to get any hot water for a while because it's only two point two gallons per minute, and the t- on demand water heater's got to kick on, and then it's got to get hot, and then it's got to get rid of all that water to come to you. Now, in a shower is quicker, even though it's 2.2, but there's more volume there uh, that brings it up there. And even then, you're going to wait a little longer to get the hot water. But once it's there, it's endless. And then when it's off, it's off. And so if I were you, I would go ahead and install it, okay, and see what happens. And if it's like, oh, my gosh, this pressure's terrible, then you probably need what's called a domestic water pump, Okay. But, my friend, you're spending a lot of money to make this work. And if you're looking at the dollars and cents of all this, it doesn't make any sense. Okay. Yeah, I've I've heard that before, but I figured I was going to look into it. The domestic, the domestic water, I mean, so the on-demand water heater, I mean, are you going to have someone do this or are you going to do it yourself? No, I would have somebody do it. Okay, so you're going to spend, you're probably going to get a plumber to put that in. I'm going to make a number up, but I bet I'm darn close. It's going to be three grand, okay? If you did a tank water heater, it would be around fifteen, eighteen hundred. okay? So it's, it's, about du- it's about double. But it's going to last twice as long. And so you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, in year, the average life of a tank water heater is 10 years. So in year 10... You're ahead of the game, plus the fact. Like, do you travel? Are you like what? What? Tell me, like your lifestyle. Are you someone that's gone for? No, I'm. I'm. I'm actually. I'm retired. Okay. How about you travel a little bit? Come on, go see the world. Uh, I do. Okay, so you do. Yeah, I do. Well, actually, yeah, we are doing that. We're right. doing that very regularly. Okay, uh, so now when you're gone, when you and whomever you're traveling with are gone for two weeks, your water heater's not on, keeping the water hot. It's off. So you uh-huh. are going to benefit greatly from an on-demand water heater. Right. Okay. Does it matter how close the on-demand water heater is to the uh, to the shower or the sink that you're using? Can you relocate it more, uh, you know, more towards, let's say, the center of the house? Um, well, it'll, if you did that, you would get the water quicker. I mean, here's the thing. If I was building a brand new house right now, I've, I've, I've thought about this. I would, 
run cold water, a cold water line to every bathroom, and I would design the bathroom in such a way that every bathroom had its own on-demand water heater that would be electric. Okay. So now all I'm doing is okay. feeding the cold water line to that heater and then the cold water lines to the vanity, to the toilet, and to the shower. And then I'm piping the hot water lines from that on-demand water heater that's got probably like a, a little cabinet. It's in a door. You know, it's, it's recessed inside a wall, an electric one. And now I get almost, right. almost instant hot water. And I've got multiple units, all electric, throughout the home. So that you really, you know, unless you lose electric power, well, if you lose electric power, even with a on-demand water heater, it's got an igniter, so you wouldn't have hot water. Okay. See what I mean? Even if it's gas. Okay. Very good, sir. Thank you very much for the information. You're a good man, Charlie Brown. I appreciate you calling this morning. By the way, when we were on vacation... um, a guy was helping me, and I said he handed me something like he gave me. I think he gave me a couple of waters, and I said, "Thanks, you're a good man, Charlie Brown." And he goes, uh, "My name is Ian." <laughs> <laughs> no idea what I was talking about. You know, he's like twenty some years old. He had no idea who Charlie Brown is. Right? You're a good man, Charlie Brown. How old am I that like I can you say? Got a match. <laughs> it's got like when match. you right. You got a match. I don't smoke. <laughs> no, that's not right. the point. <laughs> It's an old joke. 919 in the morning, Lou Manfredini, House Smarts Radio. We're broadcasting from the Permaseal Foundation Repair Studios. We'll take a quick break and be right back. Um, I have an attic that has a, a widespread mold problem, and I've had several people in to look at it over the last two weeks. Um, and I'm getting kind of a wide variety of recommendations, particularly on what to do with the existing insulation. Um, the attic definitely needs to have uh, the ventilation fixed and improved. The exhaust fans don't go all the way out right now. It probably needs more soffit vents. But with the insulation, we have uh, loose insulation of, that probably dates from 1963, and then there's fiberglass vats rolled over the top that I think were installed in the 80s. Uh, and I'm getting a variety of recommendations from remove everything and start fresh with blown-in cellulose, um, leave it all there and just blow in some fiberglass, I think, over the top to bring it up to current R-value standards. Uh, remove just the fiberglass bats and then blow in more fiberglass over the top. Um, one person said there shouldn't be fiberglass bats over loose fill. Uh, so I'm just wondering what, what you would recommend. Who lives in this house, Patricia? Uh, my parents, uh, who are in their 70s. Okay. And I can tell by your voice that you're worried. <clears throat> and so um, because of that, and even be, even the fact that if you weren't worried, take everything out. Okay. I want everything out. <clears throat> Any contaminated insulation that's there needs to come out, and it needs to be cleaned up. If you put anything over okay. the top of it, I mean, will the mildew and mold eventually die? It should, but what if it doesn't? Why would we do all this work and not spend a little bit more money to do it the right way? So if it were me, I'd get all the contaminated stuff out, and at that point you might as well just take it all out, clean it all up, put in the loose-fill cellulose insulation after everything gets fixed with the ventilation and the venting, all that kind of stuff, and now we have nothing to worry about. Okay. 
That would be that would be my recommendation. Um, <clears throat> I just don't think it's worth leaving all that stuff there to then always be in the back of your mind that there's something breeding up there. Okay. And to, to be more clear, the, the insulation doesn't look terribly moldy, although I don't know what's going on underneath the fiberglass batting. Um, the mold problem is really on the roof decking, but also on the rafters. Right. So they're going to treat, they're, so they're, so you've been, you've, so wait, so we don't have evidence of mildew and mold in the, I'm confused because is there evidence of mildew and mold on the insulation? Uh, not a lot. There's a few places that look like there might be some mold growing on the surface. Okay. Um, but you said the, that, but you, you, you said that there's blown in insulation, you think from the sixties and then there's bat insulation over the top. Yes. Okay. So, I can't so okay. So, well, what's going on with the blown sure. in stuff? Okay. So then, so then let's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna replace what I just said to you. Have someone come and move the bat insulation, which that can be easily moved and inspected. Okay. And so they can okay. go section by section. And okay, we're gonna move these bats out of the way, and now we're gonna look at the cellulose, and we're gonna see if there's any evidence of mold and mildew. If there's a section, you know the size of a, uh, I don't know, a suitcase that um, has mildew and mold. We're going to suck all that out. We're going to get rid of it. And then we're going to inspect the other stuff that, you know, seems to be fine. There, I don't see any mildew and mold there. That's kind of the benefit of the loose fill cellulose. I don't necessarily have a problem with bat insulation over cellulose, but if you're going to try and then get it uh, more insulation up there, um, it may be that you just take the bad insulation out. And are we talking about a big attic? How big is this attic? 2,300 square feet. Oh, so it's pretty big. Okay. So yeah. um, if there's no evidence of any mildew or mold on the bad insulation, put it back in there and blow some insulation over the top of it. it I mean, think about it. In your bed, okay, you have a sheet and then you have another a blanket made of something, and then you have a duvet over the top of that. There are three different things you're underneath to keep you warm, right? Yes. Look at me bringing bedding into uh, the whole thing, right? <laughs> duvet. When do I get to say duvet on the show? Never. Um, so you say duvet, actually, and you don't say duvet. Like Satchit. <laughs> like Satchit? Okay. Now you're just being mean. Everybody thinks, by the way, okay, Patricia, everybody thinks Lindsay's so nice. She's really not. Anyway. Um, so it's okay if you put the cellulose over the top of the bad insulation, just make sure there's no mildew or mold evidence there. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Lou. I appreciate your advice. I appreciate you calling. Good luck with the project. Okay. All right. Thank you. 857-557-4, Lou. 857-557-4568. Oh, I got one other thing to tell you before we do our go to news. <clears throat> so on my way, uh, when I come to Wisconsin, there's a new coffee shop. Have you heard of this coffee shop named called Scooters? Scooters? I have. Really? Yeah. Why? Have you seen it? I don't know. It's like I've a drive-through. It. It's a yes. drive-through only. Yes. And they've been building this place and we drive by it all the time. And so I was driving by and I needed a cup of coffee. I was like hitting the wall. You know when you hit the wall? And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, Scooters is open." So there's nobody in line. I drive around. Now, at first, there's like a big window, or not a big window, a big uh, 
you know, menu board. And it's got all the coffee with all the foo-foo stuff. You know, I don't like that. Right? I just want coffee. Right? And so the guy comes on the microphone. Welcome to Scooters. And I go, all right. I go, may I have a cup of your finest Scooters coffee? I say to the guy. And he goes, uh, okay. Uh, and I go, and could I get some half and half in it? <clears throat> what size would you like? And I said, what sizes do you have? Small, medium, large. I'll take a medium. He goes, all right. That'll be $3. Scoot on over to the window. Oh, I love it. Perfect. I go, I see what you did there. And I pull up and he goes, it's my favorite part of this place. (laughs) You know, it's funny. Wait a minute. The coffee? Excellent. Delicious. I think it's like the new thing. It's it's not. And then I saw one. Yeah. It's not bitter. Okay. Um, You know how the Starbucks can be a little bitter? Very smooth. Had a different flavor than Dunkin' Donuts, and and they get to say, "Scoot on over to the window." I want to give I, them credit for small, medium, and large sizes too. Not uh, thank a you. foreign language term or Correct. something. You know. Correct. All right. <laughs> and so, of course, I mean, so the guys at the window, I'm like, so tell me about scooters. There was no one behind me, and he goes, "Well, you know, we're Omaha based, and uh, this was a company company store, but now uh, some uh, franchisee in Green Bay bought us, and blah blah blah." And I go, "How's business? You know?" And Oh, it's really good, and so evidently there's one in Green Bay uh, called. Thank maybe you. that's where you saw it. I just yeah. is that what you just said? Was that you talking? Is my microphone on? <laughs> I, I saw it in Green Bay, and then I saw one in Kenosha. Oh well, yeah. Do you think so, if they if like a customer gives them lip, they say thank you, but now scoot on out of the store? Scoot I would. Well, you can't go in the store; it's Burning. just a drive up. But I. So giggled when he said, scoot on over to the window. I go, that is good marketing right there. Whoever came up with that, good job. It works. It works. 9.31 in the morning. We're going to scoot into the WGN Radio newsroom and check in with Don Clep. You know who uh, I really enjoy listening to is uh, John Williams on, I think it's Wednesdays, or he may change the days, but he's got a landscape contractor that comes on. uh, I think Murtaugh. Bill Murtaugh, maybe is his name. Really nice. Seems like a nice man. Knows his stuff. And John is all excited to get out there and put the grass seed down. And he said, Bob Bob Bertai, I think is his name. And he's like, no, John, it's too early. Soil temperature needs to be way up there. And uh, not just me, but a good landscaper like that is telling you as well. Lindsay, you have some text messages I can answer? I sure do, Lou. This one is from 708. He says, how can I get super glue off of a quartz countertop? Hmm. You're going to use... A very sharp, flat razor blade, and you're going to lay it on the quartz countertop, and you're just going to shave it across, like you're giving it a shave with a straight razor, and that's how it's going to come off. But the key is you got to lay that, you got to apply the pressure so that the corner of the flat of the razor blade doesn't dig in, and that's how you take it off. Great. Next, uh, Lou, would it make sense to proactively put in a radon system if I'm thinking of selling in the next five years or so? We have a five-bedroom split. Um, well, I mean, I think that if you have high radon that um, you're concerned with, then that would be, you know, that would probably be good because, you know, if you go to sell and they take a reading... And they say, um, hey, you know, you've got high rate on here. You, you're ahead of the game. But 
I don't know that proactively makes a lot of sense unless you're having an issue. If you're having an issue, then why would you want to live in the house for the next five years with radon? Of course, then you should do it. But if there's no radon, don't put it in. All right. And lastly, Lou, our walkout basement had ducks in the slab. They deteriorated and were collecting groundwater. We abandoned those ducks and found other solutions to heat. We are replacing the flooring down there. My husband wants to fill the ducks with concrete. Is this the best solution? Mm. So the problem with filling it with concrete is that you can't um, you can't get all the way in. You'll fill the ends of it, but the center of it will still have uh, water in it eventually. Um, I don't know what else you would do. Yeah. That's okay. Tell him he can do that. But what I would do is you, you're going to have to put some sort of plug in it first because as you pour the concrete in, it's just going to keep going, and you need it to build up so that it dries. <clears throat> so, you know, some type of um, – if you took some metal mesh or, you know, like chicken wire and wore a leather glove and went into the where the ductwork is and kind of forced that in there to kind of – provide a break then what i would probably do is not concrete but use a sand mix because the aggregate is smaller and it's um you know should flow a little bit better um and then mix it thicker so it's not you know liquidy so it goes up against the chicken wire or hardware cloth and then um go ahead and fill it but know that in the center of the um in the center of the ductwork there, you're still going to get water, you know, as it comes up there. So if you have a, a sump pump to take that water away below that level, that would be helpful as well. All right, that's our Just Text Me segment, 857-557-4LOU. 857-557-4568 is the number. This is Bob in Western Springs. Hey, Bob, good morning. You're on House Smarts Radio. Yeah, Lou, my, my name is Bud, not, not Bob. Oh, hi, Bud. But anyway, I... Hi, I, I have a lake house in uh, Michigan, and uh, I had Amish people. Uh, well, my builder did. He had Amish uh, people put in a uh, a blended uh, countertop and sink. And the sink is—I didn't realize this, but uh, it's, it's about ten ten years old. But it is, I believe, acrylic, acrylic or plastic or something like that, or you know, a hard plastic. Okay. And what's happened is that it's it's become pitted. And it has indentations from people putting hot plates in in the sink, unfortunately. So what I want to do is to repair the sink so I don't have to put in uh, new counters and also a new sink. So can, can you help me as far as what I would do in order to repair it? Okay, so the sink, you said, is integrated to the counter or it's... it's- it's is it an undermount or an overmount? No, it's an overmount. It's it's basically blended. In other words, there's no distinction between the counter and the sink. It just blends right in. I know it's strange, and I, I obviously I've never seen anything like this before. And again, I, I okay. So it's the, not. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, it's not. Is it a solid surface material? Like, is it a corian? I, I'm not sure. It it is a hard uh, okay. surface. But when I, I take if I, I, I don't it's but if I but if I take my hand on the countertop and I and I come towards the sink and then I kind of put my hand down into the sink, do I feel anything or it just goes right in? 
it just goes right right in. And when you I mean, look there, and when you look many. at the sink, when you look at the sink as it pertains to the counter, you don't see any seam or anything like that. Correct. Okay. It just blends right in. Okay. And then it's one just, other question, the sink is uh when you look at the inside of the sink, is it a kind of a white color like a milky white color? Yes, it, and, it is white. Okay. When and, I and when the I are, are gray. Correct. When I open up the when I open up the cabinet, do I see the same white color inside the cabinet? I believe it's white. You mean under the the undercarriage of of the sink? Correct. Is the sink material? Correct. Is the material that I see in the part where they damage the part inside really the same on the outside? I think yeah, you I, have it. I think you have a solid surface material. Which means that that surface that you see is the same as the backside. It is one solid piece of material that can be sanded. Oh, that's interesting. Think of that. Ancient Chinese secret. So what you're going to do is buy, what you're going to do is buy, um, well, let me think about this. Yeah, I want you to, do you have a random orbit sander? No, no, I do not. Well, you're going to get one, and you're going to put, you're going to buy a random orbit sander, and you're going to get some, uh, you're going to get some 120 grit pads, and you're going to go all the way up to like 200 grit pads, and you are going to sand the inside of that sink, the whole thing, not just where the damage is, because if you bear down right there. You'll change the shape of the sink. It is a sandable, refinishable surface. Now, what I want you to try first is buy a a, uh, medium grit sanding sponge. And in one little area, by hand, I want you to kind of go in a circular pattern and see what happens after about five minutes. You're going to get a good workout, my friend. And and if all of a sudden you're like... What's that kind of... A medium grit sanding sponge. Got it. And you're going to go in a circular motion. Not a ton of force, but enough, right? And you're going to work there for five minutes. And then you're going to go, huh, look at that. It's all, it's coming back. Now, maybe you do it all by hand. But if you have that kind of damage, a random orbit sander could work. But ultimately, what you're going to do is to get the kind of nice finish you want, you're going to go with a green Scotch-Brite pad ultimately to a white Scotch-Brite pad. And the trick there is you put the, you cut that in a circle and you put the random orbit sander over the top of that and you use the machine to sand with the Scotch-Brite pad to give you a nice smooth finish. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, it's certainly worth trying. And again, medium grit sanding uh, sponge. sponge. Go to the hardware store. In, you know, wherever you are, go to a hardware store and say, I need a medium grit sanding sponge. Try that first. Okay. All right. And then, what is the name of that sander? That a you're random, an electric random orbit sander. Okay, got it. Random orbit sander. And then with that, okay. if you go that route, you're going to start with 100 grit pads, and you're going to go all the way to 200 grit. Got it. 
Well, I will try this. I'm I'm not there now, but uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, this sounds like a uh, at, at uh, least worth worth a try. I don't want to replace all. No, of it. It you be, won't. Uh, you won't. This is going to work, and I want and I want, when it does work, I want you to call me back. And of course, if it doesn't work, I never want to hear from you again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Have a good day. And thanks, Lou. You got it. Appreciate you calling this morning. 857-5574, Lou. We're broadcasting from the Permaseal Foundation Repair Studio. We'll take a quick break and be back right after this. Uh, this is uh, Mark in Evergreen Park. Hi, Mark. Hi, Lou. How you doing? I'm doing great. What's going on? Hey, um, I got I got a question, but I forgot to tell Lindsay when I picked up. I had a couple of product testimonials, if you don't mind. Sure. I've learned I've learned a lot I've learned a lot from your show. The two items that I've been using a lot is InstaFlow. That stuff is fantastic. Isn't it great? And there's nothing like hearing that burping sound in a clean drain after you pour <laughs> that stuff in there. That stuff works really well. We got hey hey you Especially know what from Wait. amateur plumbers. Yeah, you know what, Mark, we gotta get you a hobby, but what's the other product? <laughs> the other product is uh Superzilla. Oh yeah. I, I had a uh, I have a, a, a powder room on my first floor with a, an old Kohler corner sink in it with the valves that are in the actual backsplash of the porcelain, mm-hmm. and one of the valves constantly got tight and it was the hot side constantly <laughs> got tight and tight and I used all the lubricants I could find until I got, and they would only last like a, a week or two. I used Superzilla last fall, and these valves are still working perfectly. So those, thanks for those endorsements because I, I use them and uh, they're they're fantastic. And and just to be completely you know clear with everybody, I am I have nothing to do with those pr- companies. You know, I'm not paid by them or whatever. It's just stuff that I found that has worked, and uh, I'm so happy uh, to know that it worked for you and uh, that those products both you know again American made. I, li- I like that too. Both of them, the the Superzilla is made in uh, is made in Michigan. And uh, the uh, the drain cleaner is made in Dallas, Texas, I think. So not nice to hear. Uh, what what can I help nice. you with this morning? My question is: My wife and I are completely redoing our bedroom. We were changing the color, you know, patching cracks, the whole thing. And we picked up our carpet from thirty five years, and because we knew there were old floors underneath there, so we're leaving the carpet out, and we're going to redo the floor. Now, you've covered it before, but I don't remember the order. Do we decorate first, then the floor, or do we do the floor first and then decorate? You're going to refinish the hardwood floor. That's first. That's first. And then you're going to paper the whole thing with red rosin paper to cover it and protect okay. and to cover it and protect it and then put your tarps down or whatever. And the painting, okay. the painting is the last thing. The reason is... You know, the machine, you're, you're having someone do the floors, correct? Yes. I don't go that far. <laughs> yeah, neither do I. I mean, because you can't rent the machine that the pros use because the big machines run off a 240, and they actually come to your house, okay. take the panel off, and connect it to the – they connect it to your panel to get it to work. But anyway um, – Yeah, there's, there's some things I don't touch. No, and, that, and so that big machine, they're going to bang up against the wall, and they're going to – you know, they, they've got to get down with a machine on the – floor to get the corners and that kind of stuff so floors first painting and decorating next last perfect i thank you very much for that and once again i've learned a lot from your show and i listen every week you're a good man thank you so much for listening i hope you have a great weekend you too thank you eight five seven five five seven four loop oh my gosh nine fifty seven in the morning the news is next from the northwestern medicine newsroom we'll be right back